0: The 13th of June, 2007, episode 79.
1: The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup.
0: Do you ever find it hard to motivate yourself to work on a project, or even get started on it? I think everyone can relate to that statement, right? It's human nature to want to do other things than work and to procrastinate as long as we can, but today we're going to cover some strategies for keeping your focus on the task at hand. Just going to cover a couple of things. First off, um, there is lots and lots of news out there from this week. The uh, Worldwide Developer Conference, of course, was held, uh, I believe it was Monday or it started Monday. There was the big uh, keynote of all the Apple things, which is very much anticipated all the time. Uh, This time it got kind of uh, sour reviews, I think, because they didn't have anything uh, big and glorious to bring out. But uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. If you want to check it out, then you can probably just go ahead and Google uh, WWDC. And you'll be able to find tons of stuff, including the keynote and everything that was announced there. And uh, most of all that is Apple stuff. So, uh, again, I I went over this before. I don't want to totally gush about Apple all the time. I don't want to uh, make people feel left out if they're on PCs. So uh, I'll just leave that to you guys. One thing I did want to mention, though, one of the announcements was that Safari, which is the browser that comes with the Mac OS X, that actually is available for Windows now. You can actually download it. It's, a, it's in beta stage right now. And I want to stress this because uh, I saw this on the wire. It came out. Everybody's like, "Oh, Safari for Windows, yay. And it has all these features, whatever. A lot of people started downloading it and instantly started finding problems, finding bugs with it, having it mess with their own system. So uh, I would advise that you probably want to wait at least for an, another beta release, a later beta release or maybe just wait until it's out of the beta stage and they've fixed all the bugs and then download it for windows. Um, you definitely don't want it messing up your stuff and that that's a big issue. And that's actually probably a good topic for a later show is, uh, being careful about what you download on your computer, especially if it's your work computer, because you don't want things getting screwed up. You don't want to, you don't want to be losing work for your clients. Uh, which ultimately results in you losing time because you got to go do it again. But always be careful what you download on your computer. The second one is something that I found on the John Knack uh, blog, John Knack on Adobe blog, which has been our in our bullpen in the past. It's a very cool, very good website, lots of good Adobe news. And this one I thought was pretty interesting. Adobe is actually asking you to share your Swift files with them, which is, of course, the, the exported file, of a Flash, uh, either a Flash movie, I guess you would call it a movie clip or I'm not even sure what you would call it. But basically your Flash file, when you export it, turns it into an, a .swf, which is referred to as a Swift. So uh, they want to figure out how people are using Flash so that they can make it better. So he put in this uh, this little blog here, it says Adobe, uh, excuse me, Adobe now makes quite a few tools that create Flash content in one form or another. There's other things like uh, Flex as well, I believe, makes Flash content. Uh, One size certainly doesn't fit all. And as you'd imagine, the company is always trying to craft the right mix of tools. To that end, the research team is gathering examples of Swift projects of all shapes and sizes. By submitting examples, you can help Adobe Teams get a better sense of what is and isn't being built and therefore what tools are needed. To say thanks, participants get entered into a drawing for Amazon.com gift cards. Uh, if all this sounds interesting to you, please read on for details. So basically, they want you to send your Swift files to them, along with a couple other things that I'll, I'll tell you in just a second, and uh, just anything that you've made. Basically, you can send into them because they just want to get an idea of what people are making and and how they can make the tool better. Because of course, Adobe just took over Flash from Macromedia. Uh, they just want to get some information about how people are using it to uh, to make it better. It sounds kind of like a hassle maybe, but uh, it also helps them make the products better and it helps them fine tune it to, to your needs. So it can actually help you out in the long run. So here's what they're asking for. It says for each, each submission, please send the following to, uh, it's com, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. You'll be able to find that at Designer dot com slash rookie. And you need to do this by July 6th. So you don't have a whole lot of time to get this done, but they want you to send in your SWIFT or a link to your project or a screenshot of the project. So uh, worst case, just take a screenshot of what it looks like. Um, You can also put a link to one that you might have hosted on a website or just send them the actual SWIFT file. Uh, they also want a brief description, three to four sentences describing the audience and the purpose of the project. Uh, descriptive tags to categorize the project's content and purpose. Uh, use as many or as few as you like, and feel free to make up your own. And the percent of all your projects that are Swifts, like how much you're actually using Flash. The percentage of time you spend writing ActionScript... And the percentage of time you spend using the timeline. So they're trying to figure out if people are more writing the script or more using the timeline to make their animations. Uh, Your name, your job title and company, your phone number, so that they can contact you, says very briefly, so they can contact you for a quick 15-minute phone call if they need more info. So uh, if this sounds interesting to you, again, there is the possibility that you could win Amazon.com gift card says a $50 gift card. So it'd be pretty cool too, depending on how many people send it in. I don't know what your chances are, but uh, you might want to check that out and maybe you just want to help them out and maybe help yourself out in the long run by sending those in. So if that sounds interesting, then go ahead and do that. And again, I'll put that email address up on the show notes and also put the link to this page so you can see all the requirements, all the stuff you need to send in. Next piece of news, Uh, we're going to have a giveaway again. I actually have a couple of things that I've gotten lately. Um, One of which is, actually, let me go grab it. It's another CD-ROM. And if you haven't figured it out yet, basically I get sent these things by, you know, renewing magazine subscriptions or renewing my, uh, my NAP membership. They always send me these things. It's the best of Photoshop user the ninth year. I think I gave one of these out last time, but these things are great, especially if you're not a a NAP member, if you don't get Photoshop user, this thing is really cool. And it's, uh, I believe it's just a CD-ROM that has a bunch of tutorial movies on it. So kind of like if you watch Quick Tips and you like that kind of stuff, you like learning visually by watching somebody do it on a video tutorial, then you're going to love this. And it actually retails for 70 bucks. So it's actually worth quite a bit. Um, I've seen most of these things already. That's why I don't mind giving these away. And uh, I think it's a nice little prize. I also have uh, the guys at Adobe labs that, that are on the color team and that's color like K U L E R. Uh, If you watched quick tips, I did a, a version of an episode on that on the beta version of that thing. And basically it's a way to make color combinations. It's a very, very cool piece of software. I'll put that link up in the show notes as well, because if you haven't checked it out yet, you really need to go check it out. It's very cool. But they saw my tutorial that I did on it. They liked it. Um, So he offered to give me some shirts. So I have three Adobe labs color shirts that are pretty sweet. They're black shirts with different color combos on them. So I got three of those and I have the CD ROM. So if you want to win any of those things, then uh, I would advise you to send an email to me and you can send it to adam at com. Just stick uh, something in the subject to the effect of contest number three or CD-ROM contest, something like that. Contest number three is probably the best. And uh, what I want you to do is send me at least one of your favorite online design resources. So if you got a, a cool website that you like, That either gives you maybe tutorials or maybe just uh, news about design, techniques about design, anything you can think of. Could be another podcast. Uh, Please don't send me my own URL. I already know about that one. But what I'm trying to do here is maybe get some more ideas. I find things every once in a while for the bullpen, but I like to know what everybody else, what websites everybody else is always going to because um, I think... Sometimes you you just don't know about things. Sometimes you may overlook them, but sometimes there's so many websites out there, you can't know them all. So I want to know what you guys are checking out on the web as far as resources for design. And that's all you got to do. Just send me that. Send me your name and address. Again, people uh, missed out on this last time and uh, you're not going to be able to win if you don't send me your name and address because I need to be able to send the stuff to you. So send me your name and address, uh, your favorite online resource. And if you have more than one, I'd be happy to take a look at more than one, Uh, but at least send me one of those and make the subject contest number three. And again, send it to Adam at rookie designer.com and start sending those in right now. And, uh, I think this will probably only go like, well, it's going to go at least two weeks since we're going two weeks in between our episodes. So you'll have that long to do it at least. And, uh, I do have another giveaway coming up soon. It's going to be a little bit bigger. Um, this is kind of like the, uh, the warm up to that one. And some people were asking about that. I'm not going to say exactly what it is just yet, but I do want to uh want to let you know that there are some more giveaways coming up. All right, finally, a couple of programs. The Tell a Friend program, always going on. Please tell anybody that you think might benefit from listening to the show. Tell them about the show. And uh I would really appreciate that. It helps grow the audience. It helps uh it helps us build a nice community of people listening and also people on the forum and lots of good people to talk to when we have questions about design. The other one I wanted to start is, I'm calling it the you Share program. And what this is, is uh, there's basically two different levels, but I, basically I want to hear from you guys. Now, somebody had the idea a long time ago about interviewing people who listen to the show, and I thought that was a great idea, and I even mentioned it, but it never kind of materialized. For a couple of reasons, it takes a long time to to set up an interview and get you know both people on the same schedule, as well as actually recording it and producing that. It is, takes a little bit of work, and it's it just hasn't fallen into my schedule. I've I've been pretty busy and these things just haven't been able to happen. So here's my idea: if you are someone who has any kind of recording equipment at your house, you can record audio, whether it be Maybe you have like one of the new MacBooks that has a built in or a PC that has a built in microphone and you can record and it's at least, you know, you can hear what you're saying, then go and do that. Record something for me. Anything you want to talk about at all, just record something. If you have a question for me, record that and send it in. But I just want, I want some feedback from you guys. I want some information from you guys. Uh, Anybody who wants to uh, submit something and have it played on the show. I did have the uh, message phone number before. Not many people used it, but this is a little different. I mean, if you're actually recording it, you have time to think about what you want to say. You can go back and edit it if you want. You can take multiple takes if you're not happy with it. So please, uh, I encourage you, if you have anything that you want to uh, air on the show, then record something and share it with me. And again, you can send those to adam at rookiedesigner.com. And also... If you don't have recording equipment, maybe you just want to write something to me. Just write something in an email or write something up in a, a text document and send it to me. Something that you, you think maybe I'm missing, something you'd like for me to point out. And I have a couple of those today. Um I'd just like to get some more feedback from you guys and share it with the rest of the group because I I get to hear great stories and great questions all the time, and I don't always share every single thing. So I thought this was a good way to do that. And actually, let me put a call out for this first initiation of this program because a lot of people have written me asking me to talk about the benefits of being in a group such as the AIGA. And... When I first heard these questions, my first thought was to go out and interview somebody who works for AIGA, and then I thought, well, maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe I should actually be interviewing somebody who is more like us and is just a member of it, and they'll be able to tell us, you know, what are the benefits that you've seen out of it, what have you used, how has it helped you, rather than somebody who works for them who obviously is going to sugarcoat everything and say, oh yeah, it's the best thing, everybody should pay the 200 some odd dollars to be a part of this. So if anybody is a member of a group um I don't remember all of them the AIGA I think the other ones uh, GIS or any other kind of graphical design community group that you pay a membership to please you know record something for me or write me a letter And let me know what your experiences have been so I can share that, because I am not the only group that I'm a part of is the NAPP, and it's not really the same thing. That's more of a education type of thing. Um, A lot of these other ones help, you know, help you get a job and and give you tips and tricks, kind of like we do on this show about your career more than, you know, tips and tricks about software. So if anybody has experience with those, please uh, share those with me so I can share them with everybody else. All right, last thing before we get started is our sponsor. And our sponsor again is GoToMeeting. GoToMeeting is a piece of software that allows you to meet online. And if you watch Quick Tips for Designers, it's very much like that. You'll actually be presenting your ideas on the screen and everybody who's logged into that meeting will be able to see what you're doing on your computer screen. Well, not necessarily on your computer screen because they don't have to be in the same room. They could be pretty much anywhere in the world as long as they have an internet connection and a browser. And they log in and then they can see your computer screen on their browser. Very cool stuff. Uh, They have a cool feature called Pass the Keyboard and Mouse where you can pass it off to someone else. And they can give a presentation as well. Just altogether better than having a meeting over the phone and trying to explain everything. And, you know, a, a good way to use this maybe in our field would be to hook up with a client who's not in your immediate area and show them what you've been doing, show them comps, show them mock ups, whatever it may be. And then you can get in- instant feedback on that and be able to get your job done that much quicker. So if you want to check this out, you can try it out for free for 45 days. Just go to gotomeeting.com forward slash podcast. That's gotomeeting.com forward slash podcast. And you fill out a little form and you can try that for free for 45 days. So check that out when you get some time. All right. I want to start out our show with a little bit of feedback. Uh, something from the mailbag or the inbox, I guess you could say. And the first one that I got, uh, I asked him if it was okay if I used it. He said, okay. I got this from uh, one of our listeners who sent me a letter and was just kind of asking general advice about things. And I'm going to read you the letter here. It says, I'm 17 years old, a high school student. And as you know, there are a lot of misunderstood... Sorry, this is... uh... The English isn't perfect on this, so... Let me try and translate here. As you know, there's a lot of uh, misunderstandings with young designers. Although perhaps a lot of high school web designers are just putting templates together and copying someone else's page. Sure, they look beautiful, but that's not why. But that's not what they really are. I can tell you this, that I'm not one of them. Here's my story. I started using a computer in 1998 and made my first web page using FrontPage 98 in 2000. Started learning web design systematically since 2002. I learned Dreamweaver, simple JavaScript, Photoshop, and HTML. Started making web pages. Over the years, I've learned a lot of professional skills and worked on many projects. If you count from 2002, it's been five years, and I've learned almost all kinds of stuff that regular web designers would learn back end languages, Flash, Ajax. And because I started early, I became proficient in Fireworks, Photoshop, and web standards. I wrote many tutorials and attended, attended many discussions in professional web designer community, and I have quite a lot of professional contracts. I once participated in a teenager web design competition, but because I had so many tests, it only allowed me three days of my spare time to work on it, and I was the, I was the champion, basically. Many people think being able to use the tools is nothing special, but I also have strong color theory basis and rich experience on user-friendly design. I write proposals for every project and I calculate the time that I will use to basically to complete the project. So my question is, do you think I am a qualified designer or am I just overconfident? Also, if I want to apply for a job, how can I make the employers change the misunderstanding of young designers? Uh, I'll address that last part first, and really there's no way to do that. Although I think in the world of design, there's a lot less bias toward older people in general. Now, they do like to see lots of experience. If somebody has 10 years of experience and you have three, they're pretty much going to go with the person with 10 years of experience. But if there's an older guy that's maybe 10 years older than you and you guys have pretty pretty similar Experience in terms of years of experience and your your talents and your skills, then I don't think, I, I actually think you would have the edge being younger, but I don't really think that there's that much prejudice uh, decided on age. So uh, I don't know if that's exactly what you're asking, but that's my thought on that one. Do I think you're a qualified designer? Absolutely. I mean, if you do have all these skills that you've said, then then you are qualified. What you're qualified for, I don't know. You know, that would depend on what the job entails that you're applying for and what they're looking for out of you. But it sounds like you have a lot of different talents. Now, the question is, can you do all these things relatively good? Or, you know, are there a couple of things that you do really well and the other ones you're just kind of so, so okay at? Um, We've talked about that before, kind of spreading yourself thin. You have lots of different talents, but you're not really super good in one of them, or one or two of them, you're just kind of good at all of them. So that's something to look out for, for as well. Um, if you want a specific type of job, maybe start, you know, identifying what the skills are that you're going to need for that particular job, and really work on those skills so that those are your strongest points. That would be my my uh, advice for that. Um, but yeah, it sounds like you're qualified. I didn't hear anything about you going to school. You're a high school student, so you probably hasn't haven't had much uh, class time on the specific skills that you need or the specific programs that you're using. And you know, while you could probably step out and start working right now, you said you already have contracts. I would I would advise you to go to school, even if you just go to maybe like a community college or something similar to that. Or maybe if you go to there's there's private companies all over the place that have like multiple day trainings, like two, three day trainings, you could at least go and learn some more that way. Um, I would advise you to do that. I I think that people, certain people do have the natural talents and they can just pick up things and start rolling with it. But the more education you have, the better off you're going to be, especially the way that these applications are turning over. Almost every year now, they're coming out with new versions every one or two years. So it's good to get all those things in your grasp, so that you can be a better designer. Um, I don't think you're overconfident. Uh, it's hard to be overconfident because the more confidence you have, and the more that you project out to everyone else, I think the better the better designer you're going to be, and, and people are going to trust your design skills because you believe them, you believe in them so much. So uh, hopefully that answers your questions. The next one I had came after we had a discussion about fonts. And we're talking about different uses of fonts and things things to look out for, things that could happen. And I got this email, I think it was about a month ago. And this person wanted me to pass the word out that they got burned by Letterhead. And Letterhead is a, a website where they sell fonts. It's called letterheadfonts.com. And hopefully this is the one he's talking about, but it says, uh, pretty much sounds like what he was talking about. And I've heard this from... Um, the people from InDesign, the InDesign Secrets podcast, as well, to look out for fonts when you're buying them, to make sure that they do everything that you need them to do. And if that sounds funny to you, this this particular case, this person had a problem with embedding the fonts in a PDF. They weren't the font wasn't allowing them to embed the font in a PDF for a proof that they could send to their customers. So, uh, and basically. This person went back and forth with them, trying to see if there was anything they could do. First off, and secondly, seeing if he could get the money back, and they basically told him no. You know, they they had uh, less than perfect customer service, which is something we've talked about before as well. So he's just putting the putting the word out there that letter letterhead fonts might not be the best choice for you. Uh, he had a bad experience. Somebody else may have had a good experience with them, but uh, beware and and try and figure out, especially when you're buying from uh, random font houses. You want to find out everything about that font, how you're going to be able to use it, and if it's going to be compatible with all the things that you're trying to do with it before you buy it, because you know if you're uh, if you're in a, a similar situation like this, you might you might uh, come across a company that's not going to help you out with it. Uh, let me just read the last paragraph here. It says, I'm saddened by this, referring to what happened before. Uh, we all know that that this will do nothing to prevent piracy, which I totally agree with. You know, people get bent on things like this. Then it just encourages them to go out and, and take fonts. Because if these font companies aren't going to treat you right, then it's not fair to kind of stereotype and generalize and say all font companies suck but you get, you're kind of you going to have that attitude after something like that. Uh, it goes on to say, we have many examples that this sort of anti-piracy effort does not work. And with that, they're referring to, this company was basically saying, we're not going to allow you to embed your fonts in a PDF because if we let people do that, then they'll be able to you know pass them on and other people will be able to use them. So that's how they're trying to end piracy with their fonts, which is completely retarded because these are things that you have to do. Uh, the other thing, you can't package the fonts with in with an InDesign document. I mean, how much sense does that make? If your printing vendor only takes InDesign or they need all the InDes- InDesign files, you're going to have to send those fonts with them or they're not going to be able to print it out the way it looks on your computer. So this is kind of what they're using to end piracy, in air quotes, and it's just it's not going to work. So uh, it goes on, uh, it does, however, curtail the rights of honest customers. Or consumers, I totally agree with that, uh, just trying to purchase and use their fonts. So I'd say look out for this. But again, check with your your the Font Foundry and make sure that it's going to be able to be used the way you need it to be used. All right, for the topic of the show today, I wanted to cover a couple of things. And uh, since I've been low on time, I've been just kind of surfing the net looking for interesting things to, to talk about. And I found this nice blog. It's called Freelance Switch. And it has all kinds of just little articles about doing freelance and, and different ways to help you out while you're doing that. The title of the blog says, uh, welcome to freelance switch, a community and resource for freelancers of all varieties, designers, writers, programmers, illustrators, and photographers. Uh, I found it to be a little heavy on the programmer side, which is fine because I, they talk about general topics, which apply to everyone, but, um, all in all it's a pretty good uh, pretty good little blog. So I'll put this uh, I'll put this URL in the show notes as well. Again, that's rookiedesigner.com/rookie. And one of the th- one of the topics that I found that I thought was great was 10 ways to eliminate distractions. So I thought I'd go through their list and kind of give my comments on these things. Um, I'm sure we all know if you do freelance or if you do any kind of work at home and there's a reason when you go to work you work in a certain environment, um, professional environments like to stick you in cubicles, uh, that, that are very drab colors. They have the fluorescent lighting above you. This is all kind of made to make you concentrate on your job, concentrate on the computer and not be distracted by other things. Well, when you get home and you have your home office or you have the room that you work in, maybe you work on a laptop in your kitchen or something, there's a lot more things that can be distracting to you. So you have to work a little bit harder to to avoid those distractions and really get your job done. And uh, so we're going to be going through some of these. The first one on their list was turn off email notifications. This is a big one. When the email program that I use, I actually use Thunderbird now, which is from Mozilla. Uh, I found it in Entourage as well. I think most of the email programs these days... And this is the very least, you know, you, you have it hidden, you have not minimized or whatever. When a new email comes in, it'll put up a little box at the bottom or the top of your screen and tell you that some messages are coming in. Very helpful if you're waiting for a message, but very distracting if you're not. Because I don't know about you guys, but when email comes in, I somehow have this need to go look at it right away. Even if it's spam, I have to go check out what it is and then delete it. So these things are very distracting to me. Uh, other good examples would be things like, uh, IM, instant messaging where something's going to pop up or make a noise and, and tell you, Hey, somebody's, somebody's here. And they want to talk to you right now. That's just going to provoke you to actually either go in and first of all, tell them I can't talk right now or go in and quit it. It's easier just to turn it off in the first place and not have that distraction. Um, another one is Twitter. I think, I don't, I'm not sure if I talked about Twitter before, but it's that same kind of thing. It's, kind of instant messaging. It's people letting you know what they're doing right then. Uh, Another one is phones. Uh, Maybe turn your ringer off or turn the whole thing off. If you're really concentrating, trying to get something done and you need to get rid of all distractions and you're not expecting an important phone call, then maybe turn that off and, and don't allow it to interrupt you while you're working. So basically the thing is here, kind of cutting off yourself from communicating with other people or, uh, or the temptation of wanting to communicate with other people. Number two is turn off the internet. And this is probably something that's not very easy to do these days. We use the internet for a lot of things, maybe using it for research. You may be uh, shopping for photography to use in your designs. You may need to go buy some fonts. You may need to do this or that. But the bottom line is we know what we're talking about here. You may not be able to turn it off, but you know that you shouldn't be going to MySpace. You shouldn't be going to ESPN.com. You know, your favorite sites to waste time. And wasting time on the internet is is something that's very, very easy to do. You say, oh, I'm just going to check out this one page. And then you find something interesting and it has a link in it. You click that link. And that that article has another link in it and so on and so forth. And you all of a sudden you look up at the clock and you've wasted uh, an entire hour just looking at things on the internet, or maybe you have a blog that you started updating or anything of that, that nature. Maybe you're contacting people through MySpace or something like that. We just need to avoid these types of things. And you kind of got to monitor yourself on this type of thing. You obviously, if you need to use the internet then you're gonna to have to have it on. And really, I mean, it's only a click away even if it's not on. But you just gotta limit yourself to to what you're looking at. There actually are some utilities that they that they talk about in here. Um, again, they're they're kind of scripty programmer type of things, but they do have some scripts in here that you can download that actually limit what you can look at on the internet. So um again, I'll put this URL up in here and you can check that out. Uh, if you if the temptation is just too much for you, maybe you want to use one of those scripts that'll actually disallow you to go to certain areas on the internet. Uh, the next one, headphones. And I think this is probably one of the best ones. I, I love doing this myself. Music is a great way to block out everything else that's around you. A lot of people in the office that I work in have those super fancy Bose noise-canceling things which, you know, if you can afford $300 for headphones, then, um, well, you can afford more than me, but you can block out pretty much everything and you can really, really focus on your work. And I find, I don't have the fancy ones, but I turn up the music really loud and it works just as good for me. So I like to do this. It helps me focus on everything, everything that I need to be focusing on rather than everything else that's going on around me. And going back to the one where we're talking about phones and inner and email and that kind of stuff. If you're in an office, you're going to have the problem of people coming up and talking to you as well. Um, maybe that you don't think that's a problem, but if you're trying to concentrate, you have a deadline, you got to hit, then you don't have time to be chit chatting with people. You also don't have time probably for people coming up to you again and again with questions. So, um, And yes, it does sound a little antisocial and I'll admit I am a little antisocial in the office because I like to go there and I like to get my work done. If I'm concentrating on something, I don't like to be interrupted by other people because I'll lose my train of thought and then things just deteriorate, deteriorate from there. So basically my favorite way to work is with headphones. And when I get home, I tend to work late into the night. I like to turn all the lights off. Actually, I never turn the lights on. So I'm in the dark with just my uh, monitor shining on me with my headphones on blurring loud music. And if that doesn't sound like a shut-in, I don't know what does, but it helps me to uh, really focus on what I'm doing and and get that job done quicker because nothing's distracting me. Uh, The next one they have on here is DND sign and that's not dungeons and dragons. That's do not disturb. Uh, If you, If you really don't want people to to mess with you while you're trying to work, then, you know, I don't know how effective this will be. Maybe you're at home and maybe you have kids. Kids probably aren't going to pay attention to a do not disturb sign, but, you know, maybe you got roommates and this is just your way of saying, hey, leave me alone. I'm trying to get something done. That might work for you. Clear your workspace clutter. Uh, On your desk, there might be tons of crap all over the place and if if you're like me, I like to stay organized. Actually, my desk at work isn't as organized and sometimes this one doesn't stay that organized either, but I have that need to or start organizing things when they're not organized and it's bothering me. And this is just another excuse to stop working and do something else. So make sure you try and keep the clutter away from your desk, especially things that might grab your attention while you're working and uh, pull your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. Um, even if you have to just pile everything up on one side and just kind of get it out of the line of sight, that will probably help you out with that. In relation to that, clear the clutter on your computer. This blog actually says you might want to take all your icons that are on your desktop and stick them in one folder. Uh, I tend to do this every once in a while. I have a folder named Desktop where I kind of stick in. You know, sometimes I am try to be a very organized person as far as my files go. I hate those people that just everything that they save saves to the desktop. So you have just completely filled with all kinds of icons of documents and different files and stuff. And when you go to look for things, you don't know where the hell they are because everything's just spread out on the desktop. I try not to be that person. I try to make folders for everything, but you know, some things that I think, Oh, I'm just going to look at this real quick and then I'm going to throw it away. If I download like a PDF or something on the internet, I'll throw it on the desktop. Well, as is always the case, you, t- you, you want to look at something real quick and then get rid of it, but it never te- seems to happen because, you know, you, d- you don't have time to look at it yet. Oh, I'll just hold on to it for a little bit longer. So all of a sudden I have like 10, 15 things on my desktop. So I make that folder called desktop and I'll just throw them in there, uh, which of course probably makes it even longer before I get to look at it because I forget about it. But I don't have all those things distracting me. If I've got a PDF of a a magazine or something on my desktop and I'm trying to work, you know, and I'm getting kind of bored, I might actually open that PDF up and start reading it. And now I've gotten away from what I'm supposed to be doing. So this is a good way to do that as well. Just get rid of all the distractions that might happen. And, uh, I can say right now I have three PDFs on my desktop and I have a couple of QuickTime movies that are just begging to be opened and, uh, take me away from what I'm supposed to be doing. So a good example, you might want to clear up that clutter on your computer so that uh, it doesn't interrupt you. And again, if you're kind of anal like I am and you like things clean, you might find that you start cleaning things on your computer when you're supposed to be working. So the next one they have is handle interruptions. And uh, and this might sound like kind of an ideal thing, but uh, as far as the list goes, we can try and do all these things and, and really decrease our interruptions, but things are going to happen. Somebody's got an urgent question. They're going to come up to you. They're going to ask you, you need to learn how to handle that efficiently, get it done and you can get back to your task. So, um, we've talked a little bit about things like this before, um, actually making lists of things that you need to do and that way. I mean, maybe this is something that that isn't urgent. Somebody comes up to you with a request and you say, okay, well, I'm just going to jot this down and I'll get back to it after I'm done with what I'm doing. That always helps. Also, uh, avoiding getting into crazy emails where you're emailing back and forth and you're only, you know, you're answering one question at a time each time. This is a waste of time. Maybe you should call that person instead, have a 10 minute, 15 minute conversation and do and figure out everything that you would have taken, like 30 emails to figure out. Um, just ways to to speed up the process and uh, really cut down on the distraction time. Another thing is to kind of be nice and tell the person, you know, I don't have time to do this right now, you know, I don't have time to deal with your problem, I've got problems of my own, I've got a deadline that I'm running up against, so you know, if this can wait that would be great. And uh, of course, always try to be nice if it's a coworker or a client, because you don't want to make anybody angry. Next one is use minimal programs. And by that, uh, they're not talking about use few programs. Uh, they give examples of Darkroom, J Darkroom, Write Room, Writer, Google Docs, or Abbey Word. And these are all word processors. And they're basically saying use something that's maybe has a smaller footprint that, that doesn't have a humongous feature set that may distract you when you're trying to just basically jot down some text or bring some text into something. Say we're, we're doing a layout in InDesign and you have all these word docs. Sometimes it's better actually to have all the copy unformatted because when you have formatted stuff and you start copying, pasting, it can tend to mess things up. Actually a better example is copying, pasting from word to dreamweaver. You can get all kinds of bad characters that'll screw up your web page, so sometimes it's better to use these smaller programs. And just so you know, if you didn't know about the Google Docs, there's all kinds of Google word processing. Uh, they have something that mimics Excel, I to I believe. Um, but there's all these free applications out there that are very minimal. You won't get into these crazy things of formatting and and trying to deal with all that kind of stuff when really you should be focusing on the programs that you're trying to use. So I think that's a good example of that. Uh, the last one is distraction time. This kind of goes against everything else, but have time for your distractions. And I believe we've talked about this before as well. You can't just sit down at a computer for three hours and just blaze straight through working that whole time. You might find that you actually do that once or twice, but it's not really a good thing for you to do. You really need to take a break for 10 minutes here and there just to kind of relax your brain, relax your eyeballs. Uh, You'll find if you stare at a computer for long enough, uh, I tend to get headaches. I don't know about you guys, but you really need to get up and stretch. We talked about your posture when you're sitting in your chair. It's good to get up and walk around a little bit, get the blood flowing. You might come up with some better ideas while you're doing that, but you need to set aside some time, uh, maybe once an hour or so. Uh, here they say 10 minutes at the top of every hour, just to, uh, give yourself some time to stretch and relax and maybe take care of some of those things. If somebody came up and you couldn't give them time, maybe you can go have a quick conversation with them at this time and that'll get you away from the computer as well. So, uh, I think some good examples of ways to really minimalize the distractions that, that are all around you, uh. Another one that I want to add, not really the same type of distraction, but I think I've said this before, is your work area is very important as well. You don't want to be having uh, big posters or huge colored things behind your computer monitor. Uh, You don't want something that's a bunch of red right behind your computer because it's going to affect the way that you view things on your screen. Uh, The eyes work in very mysterious ways, and if you find yourself looking at a bunch of red, and then you look at your computer screen, everything's going to have kind of a a red tint to it. So you want to avoid stuff like that. Kind of a different kind of distraction, but very distracting at the same time. So I think if you follow this list, uh, at least follow some of the steps on it, you'll find that you'll be able to work a lot more efficiently. Like I said, I find the best time to get a lot of work done, and I've heard other people tell me this before as well, is late at night, you know, ten o'clock to two o'clock, or whenever you feel comfortable going to bed. I am a, a night owl as well, so this is easy for me to stay up like that. But I find that you know nobody's awake, so nobody's nobody's emailing me, nobody's trying to call me, nobody's coming in and bothering me while I'm trying to do work. And I can just throw on my headphones, you know, leave the room dark, like I said, and just power through. And I find that's the best way for me to work. But you know, everybody's going to have their different different style of working, and you just need to find out what fits you best, and go with that.
1: The keys to the game.
0: Our key command for today is uh, actually an OS key command. And this is something that I actually didn't know about. It actually works in the Adobe applications. You'll find that it works in some of the others as well. Uh, not so many on the Mac, but I think in the, on the PC, it works for a lot of the applications. But basically, when you try and close a document and you haven't saved it and you don't want to save it, it gives you a little dialog box. Now, if you want to save it, that's the one that's usually highlighted. So if you press enter, then it'll give you the save dialog box and you can save it. But what if you don't want to save it? Something that you decided you didn't want, or maybe you created a document on accident and you want to just get rid of it without saving it? Here's your key command, because on the Mac, it says save and don't save. So you're going to press D, and that means don't save it. On the PC, it'll say, do you want to save this document? Yes or no. So you're going to press N on the PC, and that's N for no. So if you don't want to save it on the Mac, press D. On the PC, press N. All right. The next thing I wanted to go over was uh, some tips to avoid procrastination which I think is another common theme with designers. I know it is with me. I've, I've been feeling it lately. And I think, you know, when you pile a bunch of projects on yourself or try and get a lot of different things done, it becomes even worse. I mean, when you know you have just tons and tons of stuff to do, it really makes you not want to do it. So here's some tips. And I actually found this on the same blog. Uh, some tips to try and get around that and try and get yourself into the project. Uh, the first thing... That they that they say is granularize basically break it down into smaller pieces and when we talk about making a list of things to do sometimes it might be better actually to not put every single thing you have to do on the list maybe you should just put the most important things or maybe if you have one big project Maybe just the first steps to getting started in that project. And that way, it's not so daunting when you look at it and you say, Oh my God, I gotta do this, this, this. There's like 15 things on this list. I'm never gonna get this done. Maybe just put those first couple of things down so that you know what it's gonna take for you to get started. The next thing is to granularize further. You don't have to get every single task done on the list. And in the same way, you don't have to get five of them done. Maybe you don't even have to get one of them completely done. Maybe you just tell yourself you're going to sit down at the computer for like 10 minutes and just actually get it started. Break the ground. And I I think you'll find once you get into that, once you actually get into the project, once you take that step to get it started, it's going to be that much easier to go back and work on it. But, but let's say you just say, okay, I'm going to work on it for 10 minutes, or I'm going to work on it for 25 minutes, and then I'm going to take a break. You're at least now starting. You're not putting it off to the next day, or the next week, or the next month, or however long you can put it off for. The the last thing you want to do is wait until you know the day before the delivery date, before the the, uh, deadline on this thing, because then you're going to be in scramble mode and things are just not going to come out right. Uh, your design is not going to be half as good as it could be. And this is where we really kind of go back to our workflow and how we do things and how it makes it easier. If we start out with thumbnails and we just draw like 10 thumbnails, maybe you don't even draw them all in one sitting, but maybe you can do that step. And then the next day you can move on and say, you know, go through and say, I like these three. These three look pretty cool. And then maybe the next day after that, you can kind of make bigger comps of those three or maybe just one at a time. But you just take it in baby steps and it helps you to to know that you're not going to have to tackle this whole thing all in one day. I think sometimes that's a little – seems a little daunting to – to see this big list of things that you have to do. And you feel like you have to do it all in a row. You definitely don't. And if you, the sooner you start, if you start right after you get the spec for the project, you're going to be able to take your time and do it this way. And it's going to make it a lot easier for you to swallow. The next thing on here is to maybe set a timer. If you only want to work for 10 minutes, maybe set a timer and work for 10 minutes. Uh, I'm not sure if I totally agree with this because if I want to work for 10 minutes and then I get into it and, uh, I really start coming up with some good ideas. I want to keep going. And if the 10 minutes turns into 30 minutes or an hour, I think that's good for me. As long as I'm staying focused on what I'm supposed to be doing, then that's good. Uh, if you only have a certain amount of time, then yeah, maybe you want to set a timer. Um, maybe you're working on two projects simultaneously and you need to devote uh, a good amount of time to each one. So in that case, you probably would want to set a timer. Now, uh, if we're talking about timing to keep time of what you're doing and, and help you to be able to know how long it takes you to do things and in turn be able to quote people more efficiently, absolutely, you should always have a timer. Uh, I think the timer they were talking about, though, is something with uh, an alarm on it that lets you know you've worked for a certain amount of time. But it uh, might be a good idea, but absolutely a good idea to time yourself to, to be able to know how long it takes you to do that certain thing. Uh, the next one is clear distractions, and I think we went over that one pretty well, so I don't think we need to cover that again. Um, the next one is really focus, and that's what I said. If I work for an hour, that's good with me, as long as I'm focused on what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, if I'm doing a certain web page, and I'm supposed to get this web page done, and I start going off on tangents, like uh, they wanted some flash flash materials in it, so you know i start working on that instead and that's not necessarily something i need to deliver at the same time as the homepage then i'm not really focusing on my task i'm kind of branching off into other things that that aren't what i really need to get done so make sure you know if you're going to work in small bursts if you're going to just spend a little bit of time make sure you're doing exactly what you need to be doing to stay on your to stay on your timeline of getting things done at the proper time and and moving things forward Next on the list is in between time. And they describe this as when you're kind of in between things and you only have five or 10 minutes. Let's say you have a meeting that lasts all the way up until 10 minutes before the hour and you got another meeting after that. This is a good time to have a focused burst and trying to get something done. Something you know you can get done in that amount of time. You don't want it to go over because then you're going to feel like you didn't accomplish something or you're going to feel like something's hanging and uh, that's going to be on your mind in this next meeting or maybe you're going to work through and and miss your meeting or be late to it. Make sure it's something you can get done very quickly, but that's a good way, a good utilization of this in-between time. Now, of course, when we talked about distractions, we said make some time for yourself to be distracted, to not be working. So if you have two hour-long meetings, you might want to actually take that 10 minutes in between to uh, relax. But, you know, if you're real gung-ho and you really need to get something done and you can get it done in that 10 minutes, that might be a good use of that time. Uh, We already talked about keeping lists, and I think lists are very good to keep you productive, to keep you in line with what you need to be doing. Like I said, we have kind of a a timeline set up. I need to get this done by this time and this done by this time. Uh, Maybe not an actual time or an actual day we need to get it done, but we need to get them done in that order so that everything flows correctly on the project. It's good to keep a list. and The greatest thing about lists is it gives you a feeling of accomplishment. You can actually cross them off when they're done. And boy, does that ever feel good. I always like crossing stuff off. I I like to get the big Sharpie out and just marker the hell out of it. So uh, always keep a list. It helps you stay focused on what you need to do. Uh, I like to get a little detailed with my lists even sometimes and and write down exactly what the task is. So that I make sure I'm doing the right thing and concentrating on the, the correct task. As we said before, sometimes you might take a little bit of time to do something and something comes up or you have something scheduled and you won't be able to finish that little task all the way through. So this is where we want to go back to our list and make sure we put that back on the list. Or obviously we're not going to cross it out as done. Maybe we're just making a little note underneath it saying I got halfway through this. The other half is not done, so I have to do X, Y, and Z before this task is done. And that way we know when we go back, we need to finish that little thing and uh, we're not going to forget it and move past it or anything like that. Next one on the list. And I think this is the most important one. Just start your project. Just do it. Sometimes you really just got to make yourself do it. But when you do it, like I said, I think you'll find when you get started, that things start flowing and all of a sudden you're working for one or two hours and you're getting lots of stuff done. Um, it's It just seems human nature to put things off. You just You're really agonizing over getting this thing started because it looks like such a large project that you have to get done. Even if it's a one-page flyer, I mean, there's a lot of things that you might have to do to get that thing done. So that's why we try and break it down into little bursts and that's why we make our list and maybe don't put everything on the list. So we're not looking at everything, but you know, in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, okay, I have to do this, 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 and it's so many things. It's, it's really just, uh, kind of, uh, freaking you out a little bit, but you just need to get started. And, and once you get started, you'll get on a roll, you'll actually start enjoying the project and things will be that much easier. So just force yourself to start and, and it'll definitely help you out. I promise. And last one is enjoying the done. If you're done with something, take a little time. Like I said, maybe get a special pen out and cross it off the list. Uh, maybe have a celebratory drink, uh, adult beverage maybe, but not too many of them because you, you might have to work later in the day. And uh, just enjoy what you what you got done. You accomplished something. And that's something, of course, to be proud of. And that's something that you can look back and reflect on when you're trying to make yourself start your next project and you can say, Hey, well, it worked on that last one. I just kind of did little tasks and I got through them and it was enjoyable when I got through them. So, uh, you can have a similar experience hopefully. But, uh, I think the main thing here is really just force yourself to get started. I think deep down, we all like design. That's why we do this. It's just the fact of, there's a big project, and if you haven't started it yet, you feel like you can put it off a little bit easier. If you're thick in the middle of something, most likely you're going to want to jump back on that and finish it because you have ideas flowing through your head of how you're going to finish the project. If you haven't started it yet at all, it's a lot easier to say, eh, I'll save this for another day, and I'll just go to the baseball game instead. So force yourself to start, and I think you'll find that the, the steps are a lot easier once you do that.
1: Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake.
0: Our mistake tip for today actually relates to the first topic that we're talking about of distractions. And I have a couple of important ones here. And it's to remove the distractions from your office or workspace. We talked about clutter on your desk, clutter on your computer, uh, turning your phone off, stuff like that. You might want to get rid of the TV, if there's a TV in your office, you might want to get that out because if there's a TV in there, then it's just going to be screaming to be turned on. And while yes, I have worked with the TV on before and I like background noise. I don't like complete silence. That's why I either like to work with my headphones on with music or I like to turn the TV on and uh, I did ha- I used to have a TV in my office. It wasn't facing me, so I couldn't actually I would have to turn around to look at it, which was helpful. But, you know, certain things run and you're still listening to it and you hear it and you just got to turn around and all of a sudden you're watching something. So you got to be you got to be careful with that. I actually have a little USB connection thing now that I the cable comes straight into my computer so I can watch TV on my computer, which I do at times. Um, I find it's it's easier to put like a baseball game on and not have to pay attention to it all the time. But just be careful with those kind of things because it can suck you in so easily. And all of a sudden you're you're watching a 30 minute program. And you're not working when, you, when you're when you supposed to be. Uh, another thing is be careful with books and resources. And that might sound kind of strange, but something that's very easy to do is open up a book looking for some kind of reference, looking for some something you need to know how to do. Maybe you have an uh, InDesign or a Photoshop book and you're looking at how to do something. You, you forgot how to do it and you want to look it up real quick and, and you'll figure it out and then you'll move on. Uh, sometimes you can get into a thing where you start reading more and more and all of a sudden you've been reading the book for 30 minutes instead of working. Not always a bad thing because you're learning stuff, but you know that might not be the time for you to be reading that book. So be careful with those things. If you want to look something up, make sure you just look that one thing up and find your answer. Uh, sometimes maybe it's even better to consult the, the help files of the application rather than opening a book. Because um, help files are usually pretty dry and I don't think people like reading those too much. And also, on the same topic, if you can't find an answer, you've just been looking and looking, you're scouring the internet, all kinds of message boards, you can't find it in the help files uh, or in a book, just move on. If you can, uh, if this is going to be a showstopper and hold up your whole project, then obviously you need to find that answer. But if it's not that important, just don't, don't agonize yourself by worrying over it. Just move on to something else and go back to it when maybe you have a little more time to research it in more depth.
1: Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen.
0: Our resources for today, and there are a few of them, they're kind of more the the wow factor. There are some amazing things that I found on a few websites that I thought I would share with you guys and let me try and find one of them. The first one is a Motorola site, and I just thought this was a really cool site. It ha- it's for Motorola phones, and there's all kinds of weird colors going around, and it's all flash, and it's very interactive. You can actually pick different colors, and then if you take your mouse and click and kind of drag around, then it actually draws different shapes for you and let's see if i can do something here you drag different colors and they come out with different shapes every single time and you can drag all over the the browser here and it does all kinds of cool stuff so i just wanted you guys to check that out cuz i thought it was cool and the next one is this one is on the make website and i'll put these urls in the show notes as i always do uh, they're actually long and obnoxious so i'm not going to try and read them out to you the next one is on the make Website and this is video of somebody doing a etch a sketch of LeBron LeBron James, and it is completely amazing. It's kind of like one of those time, uh, what do you call it? Where where a bunch of time goes by like hours and hours. It took him like five or six hours, but the video is probably just a few minutes long. So it speeds up, but it shows you at him actually like turning the knobs and making this uh, sketch of LeBron James, which is. Totally, totally amazing, and the last one that I had is a website called uh, Etsy. That's e t s y dot com, and I thought this was cool. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like an eBay or an Amazon dot com. It's a place where you can buy stuff, but everything on this website are like crafts and art that people have made. So if you're somebody who you know paints or somebody who fabricates different things or, or makes different crafts, you might want to check this out because you might be able to sell some of your artwork on this website. Very cool website. So those are going to be our resources for today. I Again, you can find those at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie in the show notes and uh, check them out if you have a little bit of time. I think you'll like what you see. One more time, I want to uh, ask you to tell a friend or a stranger about this sh- podcast if you think that they'll like it. Tell them about it, and uh, hopefully they'll come check it out. Tell them how to subscribe if they don't know how. Tell them what a podcast is if they don't know. Spread the word. That kind of good stuff. Uh, The other one is for you guys to actually share some of your stories with me. It's the You Share program. So if you have recording equipment, anything, anything that you can record on that will sound halfway decent and you don't mind me playing... Uh, you can ask me a question. You can tell me a story. You can bring up your own topic, uh, talk about something that happened at your job. That would be awesome. I would love to hear that. And if you don't have the recording capabilities, then you can just send me an email or maybe uh, write up a text document and send that to me. I'd love to share those things as well. And again, I'm, I'm asking for somebody who has experience with different uh, membership clubs, graphic design organizations like AIGA. If you have any experience with that, please write me and tell me what your experience has been with that because a lot of people are wondering about it. A lot of people want to know what it's like, what kind of benefits you get out of it, if it's worth the money that it costs to, to join the join with the membership. So uh, please send me that if you have that. Uh, other ways to ask me questions or talk to me, you can send me an email at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can go to myspace.com slash designer. You can Skype me at username titanstrides, and that will be uh, instant messaging. Please send me an instant, instant message. Uh, most likely, I'm not going to be able to answer the, the phone on the computer, and I do not have the message machine anymore or the message service. So uh, just send me an IM, and that way it pops up, and, and I can answer it when I get onto my computer. And the last way is to go to the forum and uh, I encourage you guys to go up to the forum and post if you're already registered on there it's kind of slowing down the, the spammers are actually beating us on posts I think these days but uh, trying to keep that clean and uh, any questions that you might have for me or any of the the other designers around the world that listen to this show you can get some good answers up there so check it out I want to thank everybody for listening thank you for all the emails that you do send me and hopefully that you will send me in the future and uh, Thanks for spreading the word about Rookie Designer. I really appreciate it. And again, uh, we're having a giveaway. So send me an email to adam at rookiedesigner.com. Make the subject contest number three and send me your favorite resource on the web for for design. Favorite design resource. You have a chance to win a a pretty cool CD-ROM with tutorials or maybe an Adobe Labs color shirt, which are also very cool. All right, that's about it for this time. Thanks again, you guys, for listening. Thanks for subscribing and sticking with me uh through thick and thin. Uh this of course being the thin. And uh everybody just remember that everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high. <laughs>
1: So they.